Cool. Well, uh, welcome, Jack. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, truly a pleasure. I uh, really appreciate it. No, absolutely. Thank you, Logan. Yeah. Uh, very grateful to be here. And yeah, happy to have the chance to speak with you. Yeah, it's. I, I think it'd be maybe funny just to start how we met briefly. I was uh, met the team uh, in New York, showing my podcast uh, to you guys to try to come on, and uh, met with Tiff, and then uh, later uh, kind of helped with the podcast setup from between you and uh, Raj or the Magic Eden team and uh, Raj, uh, which yeah. was just super funny. <laughs> that was actually amazing. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> life. <laughs> Man, life is long, the world is small, you know, like, uh, yeah, so first of all, we met in New York, and then, like, uh, we were having breakfast with Raj in New York, like, just before the uh, podcast, and Tiff was like, oh, you know, we have someone here who's, like, a prof- who's a pro at podcast, and I was like, wow, Tiff, you're, like, really organized, you, like, know a lot of people, and we roll up, we go to, like, Raj's room, I meet you, and then, like, I was like, oh, man, this guy's, like, yeah, he's got like a really fucking pro, like, you know, <laughs> all these cameras. I was like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. And afterwards, I was like, this dude is a legit like crypto DJ. And it's like, so <laughs> <laughs> about like proof of history, consistent algorithm to Raj. And I was like, I feel so dumb in this conversation. <laughs> no, and I like, no, no. Back my way out. And then later <laughs> on, and then I realized that. You just met us like serendipitously, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, happened God. by chance. Yeah, it wasn't like you know, like Tiff was hiring for a podcast person. I was no. like, well, you put yourself out for that. It was just a serendipitous thing. I know. So, number two, I was like, man, this is crazy that the NFT and crypto community just like it just brings everyone together. These, these, this is like what you kind of live for, right? These kind of stories. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it was super cool. Uh, and uh, glad uh, that everything has kind of worked out how it has. Uh, it, it is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, and maybe we, yeah. later on, we met at the pizza party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, and then we nerded out some more. And then we have a lot of mutual friends, you know, this is crazy stuff. I know. It is a small world, small world for sure. Well, yeah. Again, thank you. Uh, I think what I try to do and I just uh, maybe just start off with like a little bit more so about like your background as a whole um, and how you got into crypto because I think everybody uh, kind of comes at it from a different angle which I really appreciate. Um, Holistically I kind of describe crypto as a black hole because some people are coming in from the NFT side, some people are coming from the finance side, some people come from the tech side. It's just there's so many avenues to kind of get into the entire ecosystem system i find it fascinating how people kind of started their journey in crypto yeah absolutely um i'm happy to share a little bit uh about the story um so actually the uh, i think everyone's story is a little bit of an s-bend right yeah yeah. mine mine was definitely the same so mine actually started 2013 um my cto like i'm a co-founder right now sydney um we actually grew up together in Australia. So I knew, I've known him since high school. We went to like high school tutoring together, like we were friends and kept in touch throughout all of this time. And in 2013, he actually started a Bitcoin company. Oh, wow. it, was, it was like the Infura or Alchemy of crypto, uh, of Bitcoin, the Bitcoin blockchain. So it was building like a developer toolkit to interact with the Bitcoin blockchain. And at that time I was still in university. I was kind of in like my final years and I was studying law. 
So out of the three parts that you mentioned before, like, you know, like finance, uh, tech, like it was none of that. I, I came from a law background. So I, at that time I was like into startups, but my main training was, was around law. And then I, um, I saw my friend like Sid do this Bitcoin thing. And mm-hmm. at that time I also attended this lecture by this guy called, um, his last name is Lessig. He's like a cyber law pioneer. Okay. Talking about the law of the internet. And he was like a Harvard law professor. <laughs> and he had this like framework that resonated with me a lot, which is he said, hey, like ultimately law is like a human construct, right? This thing doesn't really have to fundamentally exist in the world. What needs to fundamentally exist in the world is just a way to regulate behavior for us to say like what's right or wrong, right? Yeah. And law is just a construct that we invented to regulate that kind of behavior. But... There are other ways of regulating people's behavior. Number one is law. Number two is the market, like supply and demand, human motives, profit-seeking motives, right? Number three is like norms and values. And number four is the environment. So he goes, the environment means like, if you have a lock, like a door and a lock on it, then the environment is telling you like, you're, the other person is not allowed to come in, right? And then he was positing this point to say, hey, on the internet, there is no law because it's just, it's very new. But with the blockchain, and, and because the internet has no law, you have to use the environment to regulate what's right and wrong. And with the advent of blockchain, this is going to be like the way that new environments and new like norms are going to be get built on the internet. And I was like pretty mind blown. Right? That, that, like, is, that is crazy. Yeah. And... So for me, like I was always into, into tech and I was like a lot of people are into tech are optimists, right? They are optimists about like the, you know, the exponential change that tech can create. So I was already willing to believe that like this technology would do something. But then I heard about this like way of understanding like what is like jurisprudence and how society and norms are, are regulated. I was like, holy shit, this blockchain thing. Like if this really does live up to the, potential what this technology can do it really is going to upend like so much of what we think and that's when i everyone has i think a lot of folks in crypto they say they fall down a rabbit hole there is a rabbit hole of like making money there's a rabbit hole of building apps but a lot of people fall down the rabbit hole of like some idealistic philosophy thing that is that is triggering them and that was that was it for me right 2013 when i went to that lecture and then when i saw like one of my best friends do his bitcoin thing i was like holy shit i'm gonna pay attention to this um, then the rest of the next few years wasn't that interesting to be really honest. Like, I, yeah, 20, 2013 was super early. That was yeah. really early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sid, he went to start this company called Hello Block. He raised some money in Boston and I went to see him for a little bit. I was kind of like helping out, doing a little bit of work, but it was pretty clear it was too early. So I left him to like <laughs> go down with the ship and I like pulled the fly. <laughs> Uh, and I went back to Australia, uh, went, went into consulting just to get some fundamentals. And then I always wanted to come back to the US. So with my consulting shop in Australia, uh, I asked for like a transfer to the US. I came to Silicon Valley, then like pulled the plug pretty quickly afterwards and I joined Google. But throughout that whole time, I was dabbling in crypto and I was watching it really closely and I was like, you know, you buy into fucking ICOs and like gambling, <laughs> yeah. buy all of this stuff. And I just really wanted to like find a way in, right? 
And after my time at Google, like I was trying to learn about product management because I had never done it before. And I did my three years. And at the end, you know, I took this product from like zero to like pretty big in revenue. And I thought like, okay, I've done everything I needed to do. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, no more logo collecting time to like do what I really want. And that, that was when I decided to like jump into crypto full time. And I joined, I actually left the Bay Area, joined FTX in Hong Kong. Nice. And at that time, like I could have joined like a lot of different crypto companies. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to join some, like I really wanted to join a company that what I thought like really understood crypto culture, like really got it. And I, I just thought like the way that FTX did, did everything. At that time, they were still very small, maybe like 50 people or so. Um, I just thought that, hey, these guys really understand how the game is played and they know how the community, like how to talk to the community, how to engage. And that was really attractive for me. So I jumped in and went to FTX. And the story then there was like basically with Magic Eden was like went to FTX, FTX major Solana, you know, supporters. I saw like the Solana ecosystem uh, rise up from under the hood, right? From the outside, you kind of feel like, oh, this just feels like another L1 that's getting hyped. But from under the hood, you, I really saw like, wow, there's like a lot of talent coming in. There's a lot of capital that's flowing in. And really, this seems to be a chain that's living up to, you know, the technical aspirations that it was saying. So I got pretty excited. And yeah, after that, basically squatted up with these guys to start Magic Eden, you know, when the NFT thing kicked off. That's amazing. That's a awesome story. Uh, lots of... Uh... I don't know. It's, I always say like in, in uh, retrospect, it all looks easy. Like, uh, like looking into the ecosystem in 2013, uh, then like going and keeping with it, but still like getting your wings, um, sharpened with, uh, joining big companies. Uh, and then ultimately like being on the ground enough to know like which players are knowledgeable, joining that company, continuing to learn, and then ultimately deciding to do your own thing. In retrospect, everybody's like, oh yeah, it's obvious. But like in high, like at the point in time, like they're very difficult decisions. Like, and it's not always easy to like choose the correct path. So uh, it's very impressive. Oh, no, I mean, um, I don't know whether it's impressive or not. Who knows how the story will end? But I do, I think, I think you definitely hit on the nail. Like there's many, uh, you know, when we talk about these things, it's only the highlights, right? You talk about like the big TLDRs, but actually it's all the micro stuff in the moment. Yeah. And yeah. It's a pivotal change. Yeah. Actually, like for me, like I was probably never a guy that's well suited to Google. Like I love hustling. Like I love like <laughs> kicking down doors, blowing shit up. That's kind of like more my style. And I'm not like the most polished dude ever, right? <laughs> Google is much more like uh, the blue chip of Web2 kind of situation. But at the same time, I'm like, I was very grateful for my time there. Not just the skills I learned, but to your point, like there were some pivotal moments that I learned a lot about myself, you know, and learned a lot about myself in terms of like one of the things that was very relevant to this like whole crypto journey was, you know, <clears throat> at that time, I, I got into Google and I just felt like, hey, I was always a guy that was very impatient. I wanted a lot of shit like now, right? Yeah. Now Google, it's like the worst for impatient people because everything moves really slow. And then like, but through that period, I learned this thing about like, if you are really chasing the thing that you really want, 
you should be comfortable in your own skin with the decisions that you make. And if you are, if you're just like working towards the thing that you really want, time doesn't matter because time and like chasing something, they're almost like trying to hit vanity metrics for someone else, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're really comfortable with doing the thing that's in your heart, you should just do it and don't don't worry about time. And that was like such a fundamental thing I learned like from my time at Google, like which I like took to all of these like big decisions later on, even in crypto. I wholeheartedly agree with that. It, it takes time though. It's not something like, it's kind of like you take a step and then you take another step and you learn that by, and get braver by each step that you do. So uh, yeah, no kudos, it, it is a difficult thing. Maybe to like segue a little bit, uh, you talked um, kind of about culture um, and like the web three culture, web three native culture, um, how, I guess like touching upon that, like how would you describe like Web3 like holistically to like people that like are not as deep into the different aspects um, and maybe segue into their kind of like how you view like NFTs holistically? Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a yeah, broad a really, question. Yeah, broad and yeah, man, you always give me the tricky questions, man. Those softballs. Um, <laughs> I, I just start with like how, how you kind of see like Web3 like emerging versus like Web2. I, th I think you kind of like touched upon it with, yeah. uh, um, with like the I'll difference. Show, yeah, I'll show, I'll show a story, which is like, so to me, like Web3, the culture is still being formed, but there's like some tenants of it or some manifestations of it that people seem to be converging around, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure like more things will emerge, things will change. And at Magic Eden, we have a we have like really strong cultural values that we don't we we try really hard to say these are not slogans. These are things that we live through our actions. Mm -hmm. One of our most important cultural values is web three over web two. And what that means is Every day when you start a company, you can do whatever you want. Life is like a blank piece of paper. Yeah. But whatever we do, if there's a Web3 way of trying to do it, we will try to do it the Web3 way. Of course, like there are no hard rules in business and there's no hard rules in life, right? Like, and it's very hard to always do the Web3 way. It's just impossible, like most, uh, a lot of the time. But to us, the Web3 way means community over centralization. Right, where you impact a lot of people and like you have a way of like just making a snap decision like this, or you want to seek the community's feedback and have a two-way dialogue, do it the community way, right? The second thing for us is that it means partnerships over do everything yourself. Because it really is like, you know, the web two-way seems to be like, hey, let's like build the full stack, every single product, you know, monopolize all of the value. But I think web three is, underlying this partnerships mentality is like, dude, we're all fucking working it out ourselves. And everyone who bet their career into Web3 is actually not betting on like, I'm going to take more than someone else. Everyone is actually betting that Web3 is going to be a thousand X bigger a couple of years from now than what it is today. Exactly. And if that's the way then like we should, we are okay to give shine and to share and like to partner like with other folks, that's okay with us, right? And we don't have to do everything ourselves. So that's partnerships over building yourselves. Number three for us is, it means grassroots over top down. So to me, like I, we get pitched like big, sexy IP deals every day, right? From like really famous, like brands, institutions and stuff like that. 
But at the same time, I always feel that the the innovation is coming from like the the, the grassroots, the ground level folks who really bet their whole time and create here. And they don't have a lot of resources, but all they have is their creativity. Mm-hmm. And all they have is their courage. Yeah. And whenever people say like, what's the best project or the most proud project you've partnered with at Magida, I'd say Belugis, which is like a 14-year-old girl. She believed in like saving whales, saving Belugis. And she starts this NFT collection, raise a million dollars. Then like next week, she's flying this check across the ocean to like donate at this wildlife like conservatory. That's insane. It's like uh, someone who has all the innocence to be able to dream, right? And then like uses this technology to make a change in the world and actually does it. Like to me, that is like grassroots innovation. People who really take that leap of faith. And we, we like that, right? Like that's what to us, that's what to everywhere too. And the last tenet for us is called DGENs of the Polish. And that to me is like how we create the, the culture and the team at Magic Eden. What that means to me is like when we say like, you know, people use DGENs in crypto as like a term of irreverence, but to us, to me, like DGENs is a term of respect. DGENs means it's someone who really gets the crypto culture. And for us, we prefer to work with DGENs over Polish people because What's really important to Magic Eden is that we need to understand our users. That is at the heart of every company, whether it's Web 1, Web 2, Web 3, that principle will always remain true. You need to understand what your users want. And we therefore want to have like that lifeblood inside the company so that we always have that in our DNA. So today, like we could hire like the head of sales from Oracle or like whatever, like from all these big dog companies, but we'd much rather have folks who are actually from the community coming. Magic Eden. And actually, like 30% of the people at Magic Eden are like collection founders, NFT collection founders. And wow. we're like very, very proud of that. We're very intentional about preserving that. No, that's it's amazing. Like, uh, three of the web two, you know? Like that's yeah, like no, I, I I think you nailing it. Um and yeah, I mean I, I think like you touched upon a lot of points, uh, especially the community aspect and community, like to me, like ultimately uh, is the lifeblood of the company um, and how intentional you are about setting that culture and propagating those values throughout the community and the company and uh, even the entire ecosystem um, shapes a lot. And I, I, it's awesome to hear how intentional you are about uh, setting those values and propagating them. Uh, and through the entire ecosystem. That's very cool. Well, um, yeah, and then you, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, I, I think that's uh, kind of lays it up well. Maybe like kind of just touch upon uh, why Magic Eden decided to go into NFTs specifically um, versus like, uh, like I, it, when I was at Tesla, I was watching all the stuff at DeFi summer happen. And mm-hmm. I thought everybody would love DeFi. Like they're doing Uniswaps, like people are filled, uh, farming, uh, like all these different food tokens, things are going nuts. And I was like, this is it. This is uh, going to be the moment like DeFi, everybody's going to come on board. And it, it like it did happen in some sense. But once NFTs happened, like everything really changed. Um, so maybe talk about just like your and the company and your other co-founders decisions to uh, pursue like NFTs as a whole and like what you think about those. Yeah, I think like, <clears throat> I think like, you know, it is a combination of like opportunity and skill set, right? Mm-hmm. But 
first and foremost, I think it's a it's a it's a team and skill set kind of thing. And I think like for me, I have this like belief that man, if you put the right team there, everything starts with a team. Because if you have the right team, then nothing is impossible. It's just hard. <laughs> yeah. And then like, but you can do anything you want. You just have to focus, keep at it, put one step in front of the other, and try to walk in the right direction. But a lot for a lot of companies. If you don't have the right team, a lot of things are just impossible. It's just like not on the table to do, right?、Mm-hmm. So, to your question of like why NFTs, I really felt like we had the right team to go and execute on a on our vision of what it should be, right? So it starts off with you know myself and Joshua. We spent a lot of time in crypto in exchanges. I spent time in FTX. He was、uh, Coinbase employee number two at DYDX. So he was a crypto OG, right? And if you think about NFT marketplaces, the business model is very similar to a crypto exchange. Very similar dynamics, right? You have primary issuance, which is like our launchpad. Then you have like secondary trading, which is like a listings kind of game in exchanges. And it's very partnerships driven, right? Like you're you're a hub in an ecosystem, so you partner with a lot of people. So we understood that from like a business dynamics, market structure perspective, and then. My two other co-founders, Sid, who's our CTO, and Rex, who's our chief engineer,、uh, they came. They were like Uber OGs. So like Sid was like employee, like founding engineer of like Uber Eats when it was a design file, and it, he left on the app doing like billions of dollars, right? In GMB and Rex, uh, uh, Rex was his、uh, his colleague, like early OG colleagues, and they used to like stay late in the office together, very early, like Uber, Uber warrior. So they understood how to build a marketplace really well. So if we understand like the business model stuff from the exchange and how to like get the company going, they understood the features, the product features that you kind of need to build a really great marketplace.、And、I think the combination of that really meant that like, hey, we understand how to like how to differentiate, how to drive a strategy, and then like how to do something well in the NFT space.、And、then going back to the other point, like you have this, you have the team. But you still have to have a differentiated vision around around like what this thing is, right? When we saw like NFTs pick up, this was around like Q1 last year. I think that's when like Beepos, Beepos having like early Q2 last year.、Yeah. You got this like palpable sense like this is crypto going mainstream, right? New York Times talking about it, Vanity Fair talking about it, celebrities talking about it, crypto Twitter is just like excitement, right? And people that. You know, I know you're an L1 guru. Like, you can talk to people about L1s, but the average non-crypto guy, if you talk to them about L1, their eyes will glaze over. But if you talk to them about NFTs and culture, entertainment, and games, like they can relate, right? And we just really felt that, hey, this is the thing where it goes mainstream. And if it goes mainstream, you know, we come from consumer internet, consumer product background. We thought we could do something different, and like. It was really the combination of those two things that we thought, like, hey, you know, we can do something pretty special in this space. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant.、Uh, yeah, the team team drives, I mean, everything,、um, and the ability to kind of see. Uh, what was happening, kind of bubbling up、uh, within the NFT space, was.、Uh, phenomenal.、Uh, I, I think, like, yeah, touching upon like the culture aspect, I've been amazed and. Honestly, surprised by how much culture or how NFTs have infiltrated culture so heavily.、Um, mm-hmm. 
with, I mean, many things, uh, with art, with music, um, so many different like aspects that it's starting now to get into. Um, it's been extremely, uh, fun to watch just kind of see it, um, start to get into the mainstream. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one, but touching on that point, like overall, like there's not as many users today, like using, um, blockchains or nfts as a whole what do you think are like how do we bring in like the next like 100 million people into like these crypto ecosystems yeah that is a tough one right i think like um i think it's a couple of um a couple of different things like i think number one is we should really move like you're starting to see it like with guys like you know our team come into the space which is like more like product builders coming in here who can identify like key use cases and build really polished experiences around them if you ask us like magic eden team yeah we're like we have good smart contract engineers but we're not like the consensus algorithms guys like we don't know like like we don't spend a lot of time debating that kind of stuff but we do spend a lot of time and a lot of our mindshare thinking about how how do we create what are really valuable pain points and problems to solve for the users and how do we create really nice polished elevated experiences for them so we are those kind of guys and i think like as like you know the infra layer becomes like more robust and so on and as like you know basically more primitives like nfts and sfts and all of these things get unlocked it's going to enable like more like product builders like us to come in and start building the use cases to join. And ultimately the way that people will come into the ecosystem will be, will be because of the use cases and the value that those use cases can deliver to them rather than like what was the previous generations, which is more like an ideological leap of faith, right? Like into a new financial system. So I think like that's going to be like one like macro overlay of this whole thing. I think like a second macro overlay is like, it's, it's, it's still about trust, safety, and reliability. Like, doesn't matter what tech stack that you build on, users kind of still want like very fundamental, the same motivation. And there was a time when, you know, a lot of like projects would be like fully a non, like doing like a lot of crazy stuff. But now like, you know, I kind of firmly believe that, hey, like to really draw the next 100 million people in, we should, you know, we doxed, we are like, uh, you know, trying to like uh, represent our brand. We try to represent the values of our brand. And, you know, we want to, we, we want to use that to create this sense of trust and reliability when people come and, and engage with Magic Eden. Like no longer play this like niche kind of role of like being a, kind of like a niche crypto startup, but more being like, hey, we want to, we are like super legit founders. And, uh, you know, we have a vision of serving our users super well, and we, we will use that to create the sense of trust to onboard those users into the ecosystem. And, you know, like in some ways, that's not the prevalent view still, right, in crypto companies today. Uh, I, I, I think that's important as well, uh, like building the product that allows users to derive more value than the underlying technology itself. Like, I think that like that is the key thing, um, making it easier and uh building just legitimate products. Um, And I I think also going back to like the community aspect and like the culture, like you've been able to tie and marry all those uh, things together very well. And I think that's what has allowed the Magic Eden team um, and your product 
to uh, succeed so well. Uh, so it's, it's cool uh, just hearing you touch upon them all. Um, so I, I think maybe uh, just, t I think it would perhaps be a little bit more interesting uh, if you could just kind of touch upon like Magic Eden, like holistically um, and kind of some of your thoughts about like the platform and maybe like where you kind of see it going over like the next like a uh, couple months or what you're excited about. Yeah. How do you know, um, imagine you didn't like, um, you know, we, we feel like super privileged to be where we are today. Right. So today we're 95% market share on Solana NFTs. We're second largest uh, NFT marketplace in the world behind OpenSea by like organic uh, volume. And um, I think we're the fastest NFT marketplace in the world to reach a billion dollars in GMV. So we reached out in less than six months. Congrats. Since founding. Um, but all of that, like we, it, we take that with a real sense of like uh, humility and like, you know, it's very humbling to actually be where we are today. I think like we got to where we are today by doing a couple of things. Like number one, being really community driven. So we don't want to have like a transactional relationship with our users. We want to really have a two-way dialogue with our users. And that's why we set up like really community driven um, initiatives like our Magic DAO, right? Where folks can, in the community, they get rewarded by being a Magic Eden user, but they also can partake in platform decisions like what goes on our homepage and stuff. So that's the first one. And the second one is like really um, being in the culture and like really like understanding where the current, what the current users want and like iterating really fast, right, on them. So like an example of that would be, you know, like I think two days ago, we just asked Twitter, like, what, <laughs> what features do you want to see on Magic Eden? We got like yeah. 400 replies in like a couple of hours. And, you know, we're just shipping those things, right? And like really making sure that we're, we're listening to the community and like doing what, doing what, um, doing what they are, uh, uh, what they really value. So that's kind of like two very underlying things that got us to where we are. And we want to make sure we continue over the next, not just months, but over the long term, have them as like philosophical operating principles for us. Um, at the same time, of course, we have our own hypotheses of like, where we think the world is going to go and we want to drive towards that long-term roadmap as well. So a couple of things that's really important to us would be number one is gaming. So we just launched Eden Games three weeks ago. And right now, I think 92% of all gaming NFTs on, Magic, uh, on Solana trade on Magic Eden. And we see that as a testament of like, hey, like users are resonating with the value prop that we have in games. And what we want to do there is like, like if you think over historically, the concept of a marketplace, the paradigm has always been, I go to the marketplace, I buy something and I take it home and then I open it up and I get to experience the benefit and value of it. That's what the marketplace does. But we want to turn that paradigm on its head, which is don't worry about buying anything when you come to the marketplace. You should be able to get value regardless. You should feel inspired by your experience with NFTs. And if you are so inspired and you then decide to buy something, yeah, that's cool. Here it is. You can try some stuff. And that's our philosophy with games. It's very immersive. We're like the first platform to where you can go there, play the game, uh, you know, watch content about the game, 
And then if you like the stuff that you're seeing, you're like, oh, now I want to get a Panzer Dog tank or like I want to like get a, you know, like a gold Viking or something, Arctic Viking from Mini Nations, then you can do that. And we really want to flip that paradigm on its head. So that's the principle we have with games. And over the next couple of months, we're going to be making a really big push. And, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty excited about that. That's awesome. I'm, I'm super excited about the gaming world. Uh, I think one of the interesting things uh, going back to like the Web 2 culture versus Web 3 is kind of some of the pushback that we've seen with gamers in mm -hmm. yeah. NFTs uh, yeah. and uh, kind of that tension between Web 2 and Web 3. Um, so I, I'm, I mean, I think we're both fairly optimistic uh, over the long term, uh, people will kind of change their minds about that. But uh, it's interesting to kind of see the different cultures at least clash at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. And I think like, um, well, the two things like it always starts with the people like you have to have real builders, high integrity builders and like trends don't happen by themselves. Right. It's the people who make the trends. And as what we're seeing now is like absolutely the criticism and the pushback is justified like in many many respects right there were definitely very like facetious behavior of like you know crypto games and so on but at the same time you we do see definitely a massive influx of legitimate high integrity like gaming developers who want to really do something and explore the boundaries of this nft technology in a very wholesome and like game accretive gamer accretive kind of way so that's why we're like very bullish on the other side to this is like you know financializing it like i think a lot of gamers um have a very justified sense of pushback towards crypto games because the game is not good but it's just financialized right but this thing about like fat financializing a category that doesn't just happen in nfts and it doesn't just happen in games it happens across it's an issue prevalent in all of crypto even DeFi is the same like a lot of real bankers will be like, what is this DeFi thing? Like this DeFi seems like such a Ponzi scheme, right? Which is true a lot of the time. But at the same time, DeFi gave birth to some really, really innovative stuff like Aave, Compound, Maker, all of these things, which really does look like the future building blocks of something much greater than what it is now, right? And I think, you know, those kind of trends and those kind of observations apply across not just NFTs and games, but to all of crypto. And if you look at other categories in crypto, great things got born out of them. And we all have to just be an optimist and take a leap of faith and believe in the people that's building in this space now. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think it was Chris, Chris Dixon who said uh, the, the next generation things kind of start out as toys, um, but like uh, over time kind of mature into something much greater. Um, and I, I think that's totally the case with crypto as well. Um, so it's, it's very, very interesting to kind of see how, uh, they unfold. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's unique. Um, touching upon like gaming and NFTs, like maybe could you like also go a little bit deeper into your thoughts about like just creators as a whole, um, mm -hmm. and what you kind of think like, uh, maybe like NFTs playing, uh, or role, uh, if any, within creators or the, the future of like <laughs> online creators. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like, um, number one, like I think NFT is a really exciting new primitive 
for creators, right? And I think like it's a new building block and, you know, creators who are, um, who are willing to explore the boundaries of it is really going to get a lot of value out of it as well. At the same time, like from a Magic Eden perspective, I kind of think like there's a lot of really fundamental motivations of creators that's true, but whether they are web one, web two, web three, or analog, right? Number one, they want to be, they want to connect with and build, they want to connect and build a community around their creations, right? On around their content. Number two, they want to be recognized and rewarded fairly for what they what they created. And number three, they want a way to engage with their fans, right? Like, and whether like on any technology paradigm, I feel like creators have those like core motivations that they've always wanted. And we as like a marketplace for NFTs, ultimately are also thinking about this. Like we're thinking about, hey, when we engage with different creators, whether they're artists, collectible creators, gaming creators, how can we best serve them and understand their motivations along some of the things that I just talked about and build a product that can really serve them. So in that, to that sense, that's why we like created a product like Launchpad, where we are helping like creators basically build their community and distribute their creation to that community and be rewarded very fairly for it, right? And we have some other products like, you know, we have like an advisory council that we're working on to help creators like, uh, go through all this like anxiety of like um, working out what crypto is about and working, working out what NFT art is about and really helping them that way. And that's why we have like Eden Games, which shows off all the content and the gameplay of the game itself to help like gaming creators um, distribute and make sure and grow awareness and grow a community around their creations. So in, in that sense, I feel like there's some like very core similar themes and similar motivations across all creative groups that we you know, as a technology marketplace provider, we should be doing for them. The other thing, like, I would say about, like, creators is that, like, going back to some of this, like, principle around, like, hey, we love, like, grassroots creators and so on and so on and so forth. Like, like this comes from, you know, my experience in, in Google and seeing YouTube and stuff. It almost seems like with every new form of content, right, and I will put NFTs maybe as, like loosely defined as a new form of technology content, right? So there's a certain like group of folks who basically bet their careers on it and to explore like the new business models that's created from this new form of content. If you think about YouTube, that's what happened. Like when YouTube came along, there wasn't this concept of YouTube influencers or YouTube, YouTube content creators. But then there were folks who like the film bros and all of these kind of guys who then like went to LA and like back then, like celebrities, you could only go through Hollywood, be on TV or be in a movie or something. But all of a sudden, like YouTube, this new type of content platform gave rise to this new form of content creator who then, you know, monetized and, and built a business model and became even more famous than some like TV celebrities, right? Or movie celebrities. And I kind of feel like that will also play out in the NFT space. There'll be some folks who like really bet on it and they'll really like figure out what's the new business model in this new paradigm. And then they will like become the, you know, the film bros of, of tomorrow in NFTs. So that's kind of, and we are, we are also searching and we are also trying to pattern match to see like if any of those kind of creators will come about. Yeah. Uh, it totally makes sense. I, 
I think you hit the nail on the head. And it is interesting just to see how technology, uh, the underlying platform kind of morphs and changes over time, but also uh, the early adapters to those platforms and how they use the tools uh, and the new primitives, as you said, to uh, explore different boundaries and uh, change what is possible. I'm very excited uh, about what the future creators will create with NFTs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I think I, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but uh, I th maybe to kind of wrap it up, mm -hmm. uh, I think what would be interesting is um, for maybe some advice for like founders or builders in the space um, and the crypto uh, ecosystem, like what advice would you kind of have to them for like building a product or some of the things that you've learned along the way within Magic Eden? And then maybe like a quick follow up with that, like what would you advise to people that want to learn about NFTs or get involved in the crypto or Web3 community? Yeah, I think... For like founders and folks in the ecosystem, like to the first part of the question, you know, I don't feel that qualified to give advice <laughs> because like we're, we're also just trying, right? We're also trying to, 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 to see what works and like, you know, double down the things that work. I think like the only thing that I'll say is, man, like it's true for every startup, but definitely it's extremely true for crypto is time is of the essence, you know, just ship execute fast and like that's what magic eden has found like to do really work for us right like because the environment is so volatile and it changes so fast and new trends arise and fall so fast the only way that you can like constantly stay in front and like is is to move really fast as well to basically match that um so in some ways it's pretty exhausting but at the same time it's extremely, extremely exciting. It's like exhilarating actually to, 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 to do this. Um, so that's what I'll say to like, to, to, you know, the builders of the space. I'm very excited to work with everyone to continue to build this ecosystem and to bring, you know, the, the uh, to share like more of this technology and share more of these technology enabled experiences with new users uh, to the ecosystem. And then on the other side, which is like, you know, what you were saying, like, what do we say to the new users, right? To the new visitors of the ecosystem. I think, well, first of all, we say welcome, right? Welcome to taking the red pill, <laughs> like taking yes. the yes. right, to jump in. I think it's amazing. And like everyone in crypto at some point was exactly where, you know, you, you were, right? We all had to get over a whole bunch of like skepticism, anxiety, but once you are in, like I almost, I definitely feel like there's no going back, right? It really is a red pill moment where you like cross the chasm, cross the Rubicon. So first of all, we say welcome, and second of all, we say like we empathize. You know, we we were at one point exactly where you were, and in some sense, like as folks who are like in this ecosystem and who are crypto native like us, then like let us know how we can help, right? We are always here to to help, uh, to onboard, to share like some of the lessons that we've had and to give comfort and give assurance that you know this is this is going to be amazing um <clears throat> so yeah so that's kind of like what you know while i would say like in that sense like magic eden you'll find like we are the most one of the most open and like welcoming companies ever like extremely flat extremely egalitarian dm's always open so anytime you have you want to connect with us or any times that you want to share feedback about you know how we can serve the users better please let, let us know and, you know, we'd be glad to, we'll be glad to partner, we'll be glad to help. 
Wonderful. No, I, I, I think that's excellent. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, thank you again, Jack. Uh, uh, it was truly a pleasure and uh, I uh, appreciate your time to pick your bane and uh, see what everything you've been up to at the, the Magic Eden side. Oh, awesome. Yeah, thanks a ton, Logan. Yeah, it's been a true pleasure.